Hey, everybody. Uh, what's up with Pastor Chuck? And we are back together. We already had one podcast since we come back. We're now in number two, and we're beginning to move forward. And uh, we're on a pretty heavy topic. But before I get to what I really, by the way, it is a heavy topic, and and it's one I may even get emotional about. I'll tell you that in a few minutes. Uh, but before we get there, uh, I got to tell you guys something. Actually, uh, Tracy I, I, and Lauren, I'd love for you guys to hear this. But um, years ago, when I was the next-gen pastor at a church called Not Avenue Christian Church, uh, two of the college guys in the church figured out, this is like super cool, they figured out how to get a walkie-talkie radio to take over the drive-up radio for in and out well, with, okay, so here's the thing. They could not only hear what was being said on the drive-thru, they could talk through it. Uh, so they literally took it over. <laughs> and what they used to do is they would go sit out in front of in and out and the car would pull up and they would say, can we take your order, please? And the person didn't know they weren't talking to in and out And they're like, um, yeah, you know, so they might say, yeah, I got number one and number three. And then they were repeat back, okay, four double doubles, one three by three, two extra fries. And the people were like, no, 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 I just, I just want a double double. Oh, so that's three double doubles get the people going. Okay, I think it's funny. I think, And I, they did that over and over, just sitting there laughing and laughing as people are like freaked out thinking they're ordering all this food. And then and sometimes they would say, okay, your order is $123. And the people are like, no. <laughs> okay, I don't know why I thought about that a while back, but I've, I've actually la- I've laughed till I cried over it. You may not, you may not. But I do wonder how many people are listening to voices that are actually untrue and taking them in the wrong direction. And you might really think the voices have authority, uh, authority to make your meal, authority to give you the right price, uh, authority to, to tell you to come forward or dry, uh, you know, or whatever else. You might think that, but I think that a lot of the voices that are out there today have hijacked the truth. Uh, and that's what I want to let you know. And, and by the way, that's not funny. That's not funny. I was uh, in the midst of my studies, moving towards uh, finishing my degree in counseling and getting my hours to be licensed in the state of California. And the Holy Spirit began to churn inside me. And by the way, this is for me. I'm not putting this on anybody else who's studying that way or is a counselor. But the Holy Spirit began to put on me something that just began to get greater and greater and greater uh, in what I felt was a God-given calling to, to not go a direction that I shouldn't go. Um, there were a lot of factors feeding into that. Now, by the way, I'm not bragging, but maybe to help understand what I'm talking about, um, I'm at Cal Baptist University. I'm getting straight A's in every class. And as far as I can remember, I think, I, I think actually straight A's in every assignment. Um, which, I mean, I, I, God was just bringing things to me and I was loving what I was studying and I was so excited to help people and, and to help people find freedom and, and hope and healing and, and to be a part of doing that with them. I love what I was studying, how it could help me in my preaching because it helped me understand people I was sharing and teaching God's word with better. And then in the midst of all this this starting to feel something not right for me. I was in a particular class where we were studying on a particular population of people in this country. And uh, this is a population of people we at this church care about. Uh, We care about everybody, so this population of people included. 
and I heard about the suicide rate and the depth of depression. And I also realized that what a licensed counselor technically or literally was allowed to say or not say would not help this person become free of the depression, the identity crisis they were facing, and the suicidal ideation and the rate of suicide. And I thought, okay, again, not judging anybody else who decided to go a different route. But I thought, I can't do it. I can't do it. And so I wasn't, I wasn't going to go on to pursue a license in the state of California um, because I would not be able to honor what they were saying was policy towards this population and other people who we could provide genuine help and care for. I was afraid that the voice of truth was being hijacked and for being able to share that with them. Now, that's what I had happen. That's what occurred for me. And that has a lot to do with what we're talking about over the beginning of bringing our podcast back. And when I say that I'm concerned, I'm concerned. I'm concerned that, um, number one, uh, uh, we're watching people's identity be assaulted, and we're actually watching a form of identity theft that is far more harmful than if they got a hold of your finances. You see, uh, Eric Erickson is famous for what he calls the maturation process, and that is that every single person is going to go through a process of maturing, uh, and they will go through eight stages. And in each one of those eight stages, you can either do what's healthy or you can be brought to a place of unhealthy. When you're unhealthy, you're mentally unhealthy, and that can have ramifications to most every single area of your life. Uh, in the midst of the maturation process, when someone starts to enter those preteen and teenage years, uh, the, the question they've got to decide, the answer they've got to find is what is their identity? Who are they? Who are you really? And he said, if someone doesn't come to terms with a healthy identity, then they have an identity crisis. And that identity crisis can impair and can impede the rest of the maturation process coming to a place of maturity and wholeness and health and purpose and meaning and happiness in life and good mental health, positive mental health. Right now, the voice that's hijacking uh, the speaker, the voice that's being spoken to the next generation that's entering these stages is so harmful. It's, it causes so much, so much pain. And it can have a long-term effect that's so negative for them. And I'm really concerned because I want to tell you the voice is loud and the voice is out there. Uh, during my time off in July on purpose, I began to watch at least some of what I feel like the vast majority of people are watching and binging on, on, on the media platforms that are available today. And so some of it I watched and I thought, oh my gosh, it's so well done. And even much of the ones that are so well done, I was like, whoa, the message that's there. I asked my grandchildren, not only what are you guys watching, but what are your friends watching? We're talking fifth and sixth and seventh graders. And, and, and they said they're friends. And they name shows and things that they're watching 
that are sending a message to them that they're not a boy or they're not a girl, and it's wrong if they choose one or the other. That, um, by the way, sexuality is something that they need to be delving into. And we're talking fifth graders. Um, that they can't be sure who they are, and if they're unsure of who they are, that means that they probably, they probably are a part of the LGBTQIA community. And I'm like, wait, what? And it's not just my grandchildren, and I'm not just blowing this out of proportion. I'm telling you, as someone who works trying to help people in the area of therapy and mental health, that we're seeing this happen again and again and again. They're seeing things and hearing things that are not age appropriate for them, but that's an assault on their identity. They're, they're having to answer questions that they're not even ready to answer, and they don't have a, a, a healthy person guiding and mentoring them through it, unless it's hopefully a great parent, which very often it can be, but a lot of parents are unaware of what's going on in their kids, and I'm I, I want to say this. I'm not going to back off this. I think the majority of school districts in this country are a part of being the enemy and not the help. Uh, Tracy and I were able to see uh, a form that was given out to uh, students that are beginning school here in the state of California. And these forms and these questionnaires are given, am I right, to sixth graders. So sixth grade and up, sixth graders are not prepared to answer those questions, but they're forced now to make those choices. And I don't know about you, but don't you get concerned. Wait a minute. Parents aren't in the driver's seat on this. Parents aren't a part of the discussion. The school district wants to have it. And uh, they're forcing children to answer a question. Are you a boy or a girl or something else? And if you're going, wait, what? And by the way, if you're a girl and you're kind of sometimes struggling with your femininity or you're a boy and you're struggling with your masculinity, which is a part of the teenage years. I mean, that's a part of being a preteen or a teenager when you're just beginning to, to not be a child anymore and trying to figure out who you are. And so I believe a spiritual enemy is seizing on that and our culture is, is fanning flames in that area that forces them to label themselves with labels they should never be forced to take. By the way, I don't know if you'll identify with this, but I believe uh, the vast majority of the next generation doesn't like being labeled, but they're the ones doing the labeling. And that didn't even make sense. They don't like labels. So then they're saying everybody has to take a label and they're forcing them to think about labels that don't even fit who they are which creates a problem and a crisis and identity. So we're watching that occur. Uh, I already shared it before. My granddaughter told me that half of her class are either gay or lesbian. And I'm saying, but your class is fifth grade, sixth grade. Let me get to the what's true, by the way. Um, 
we have done a lot of research over the years. I'm by the say we people in the United States have done very quality research in asking the question uh, about people and where they fit in the in the realm of being homosexual or bisexual or heterosexual or or whatever. And so we have data we've been following for years. Uh, the newest data that's out right now that is out as 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 soon as 2020, June the first, 2020, and it was actually reported in many places, but one place that reported it was a, a website called Gay Travel. So you would know already, I assume, that Gay Travel is a, a pro-gay website uh, that is uh, helping people find vacations and, and, and experiences and things like that. But they said, and they said based on the most current research, and they would believe in this most current research, that only 1.7% of the U.S. are either gay or lesbian. Not 50%. That's not even possible, really. 1.7% are either gay or lesbian. By the way, 1.8% are bisexual. And 0.6%, not even 1%, but 0.6% are transgender or nonconforming. So the fact, if you heard a clear voice, a factual voice, you would hear that the percentage of people in the United States who are being able to say this is the lifestyle that they would fit into is far smaller than what's being pushed upon an incredible population of people, especially some who are so innocent and aren't ready to deal with this issue. And what I'm about to say gets really controversial. But um, I, as a pastor and pastors here at our church and I as a counselor and other counselors I know, by the way, many of whom are uh, uh, licensed by the state of California, will tell you we've had many, many, many people sit with us and say, I don't like how I'm feeling. I don't like who I am. Can I, can I change? And do you know what the, the answer from culture is? The, the, the voices that have hijacked truth say, no, you can't change. You just have to accept who you are and come to grips with it. One of the most clear things the Bible teaches, one of the most important parts of what we call the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ is we can change. I can change, you can change. Matter of fact, I want to say this. As I become a Christian, I have changed in ways that I am so excited about. And I don't believe God's finished with me yet. I'm going to continue to change. But guess what? I'm not going to be the old Chuck anymore. That I'm going to become a brand new creation. The one God's always wanted me to be. So that's the essence of Christianity. We can change. I don't have to be an incredibly angry person. I don't have to be judgmental. Uh, I've watched people who were incredibly filled with racial bias and even true formed racism not be that way anymore. Uh, alcoholics are no longer alcoholics. Uh, people addicted to things are no longer addicted. That's not who they are anymore. And I've watched people who were people who were very sexually active today find love and life and sexual purity and I've seen people who used to be a part of the homosexual community no longer a part of that community as they become a new creation in Christ. Uh, and I've watched people who are a part of the lesbian community leave the lesbian community to find a new identity in Jesus. I've watched people who were struggling with transsexuality and transgender 
come to discover who they really were in Jesus. Now, I want you to know there are a lot of people out there saying that can't happen, but that's the ones who I believe have hijacked the conversation. They've taken over the audio on this particular issue. And people suffer. People suffer. Paul McHugh is the head of psychiatry for John Hopkins University. And uh, he shocked a lot of people and got a lot of anger directed at him when he began to show something that John Hopkins has learned over the course of years based on scientific research and not on opinion. And uh, he found this, that sex reassignment doesn't work. That doesn't work. And what do you mean by not work? It doesn't help people who are in transgender issues a part of the transgender community. It doesn't bring them to a place of wholeness. It doesn't bring them to a place of health. Uh, it doesn't give them joy. It doesn't give them happiness. It doesn't help. It harms. Now, he sounded the alarm because he's a psychiatrist who is concerned with deep concern like we are because he cares about people. Matter of fact, listen to what he said. He said, transgender men do not become women, nor do transgendered women become men. All, and he said this, including Bruce Jenner, become feminized men or masculinized women, counterfeits or impersonators of sex with which they identify, and that lies the problematic future. Um, my moment of saying no more my moment of saying I have to change the trajectory of where I've been heading in the area of wanting to help people in counseling came when I was heartbroken to know how many people in the transgender community struggle with suicide. And by the way, when they get their operation, it very often, very often makes it worse. The most thorough follow-up study of sexist reassigned people extending over a 30-year period of time in Sweden, where, by the way, in Sweden, the culture is strongly supportive for transgender people. So they're not being attacked. They're not being persecuted. They're not being isolated, which, by the way, I hope nobody, especially Christians, would ever attack, persecute, or isolate somebody struggling with any issue, even if we disagree with it. But that's not a community where that happens. That 30-year study documents their lifelong mental unrest. 10 to 15 years after surgical reassignment, the suicide rate of those who have undergone sex reassignment surgery rose to 20 times that of comparable peers. I am, um, we're not talking the suicidal iteration, by the way, that's the suicide rate, which means a lot more people, way more people were struggling well, should I live? Should I go on? And we're in a culture that's going, no, you're not allowed to help these people. You're not allowed to care for these people. You're not allowed to guess that, to see them as people who God's love is so for, who the church is so for, who I am so for, who we care so for, that we're not going to allow ourselves to be caught up in a culture that creates more harm than help, more pain, than, than health and purpose. And uh, that's what is not supposed to be said right now. By the way, the suicide rate amongst people who've not had 
a, a sex reassignment surgery is 10 times the national rate. So I'm scared that a person who's transgender is going to go sit in the office of a licensed counselor and say, I'm miserable. I don't like who I am. I don't like how I'm feeling. And they're not going to get help, even though, by the way, the help is there. Um, I've been trained, and they, they've all been trained in psychological techniques and psychological therapy that could help the person. Now, I want to say that again. Those therapy techniques work. It's not that we don't know they work. They're just not allowed to be used or not supposed to be used. And I don't know if you wouldn't say I'm concerned. Now, if you're a parent out there and you have a child who's struggling with any of these issues, uh, with uh, a gender dysphoria, with not being sure of their identity, with wondering, are they being attracted to the same sex? Uh, what I want to tell you is, first of all, you've got to love your kids. You've got to care for your kids. You've got to allow them to wrestle through this. But don't let the school districts or the school system or the cultural messages that are coming through not allow your children to get help. And I'm not talking about, and I, and I do want to say this, I think there are some groups out there that are so off in try, how they try to help. Um, and, and I'd be very careful of those groups. But I'm talking about real care, real help, real support, real love, actively listening. Um, and we want to help this, these groups. See, sometimes people act like, well, you know, the church or Crossroads. Let's take Crossroads. Well, you're uh, anti-LGBTQIA. No, we're not. We just care too much to say it's okay. We're never going to lie to you and not tell you how we really feel and what we believe. Now, are we going to love, I mean, genuinely love and care for you and be with you and, and, and support you? And by the way, if we need to defend you, oh, we would defend you to the hill, even if you never came on our side. But um, we're never going to lie to you. The price is too, too great. The cost is too high. NBC News reported in July of 2020 that 40% of LGBTQ youth have seriously considered committing suicide. And uh, I want to tell you that here at Crossroads, we have sat in different settings with some of those youth. And we want them to know they need to live. We want them to know they have value. We want them to know that we care about them. We want them to know they're worth loving and they're, they matter. And we want them to know that we would love to wrestle with them through, is there a way they can get to a better place where they like who they are? They love getting up in the morning. They feel like they have a future and they feel like they have a hope because Jeremiah 29, 11 says, when you come to know God, he has a plan for your life that gives you a future and a hope. So I get really concerned. 
I get some concerned for the depression that could be helped and alleviated. I get concerned for the anxiety that people could be freed from. I get concerned because people will consider taking their lives. And I don't even want them to struggle with the thoughts, much less take the, the, take the steps. But I even get more concerned about something else, their eternity. Listen to how clear this biblical passage is. By the way, this passage was given by the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit at a time and in a culture where homosexuality was embraced and celebrated. So this is very countercultural for that day, just like it would be in our day. It was written to a group of the Corinthian church, and God wanted Paul to tell them this, and he wants us to hear this. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Now listen to that, because there's so much deception out there. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, that's people who are actively apart in premarital sex or outside of marriage sex, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor the drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then notice verse 11. I love this. Such were some of you. Every person who's named on that list could change. And what is the biggest part of the message you would hear if you came to Crossroads? You can change. Praise God you came. Praise God you're trusting us enough to be honest about the struggles you're having. Praise God you're here. And guess what? The good news is you can change. Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, which means set apart, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the spirit of our God. Now, what I want you to know is that at Crossroads, we know that every one of the things that were listed on that list are sin, but they're listed as sin because they hurt you or hurt people. Um, we know that's true. Uh, when it comes to premarital sex, we know that that very often, you may be shocked at this, is very often tied back to a pro problem of insecure attachment, and it actually makes that even worse in people, so they have an inability to have quality relationships the rest of their life. The psychological research is in. So when we stand up and say, this is wrong, this is hurting you, psychology backs us up on that. We know that, for instance, somebody who's committing adultery is hurting themselves and hurting others. We know uh, that people who are struggling with the LGBTQI are in the midst of a place in their life where there could be either now or coming or coming incredible pain that we don't want you to go through, wounds that we don't want you to experience. And we know stealing's wrong, coveting's wrong. We know alcoholism is very difficult to get free from. All these are on the list. And you know what God wants the church to be as a place that says come, a safe place that says come. And let's talk about how that cannot be you anymore. But I'm concerned because in our culture, that's not the message that people want to hear. And by the way, let me already tell you, there's going to be somebody out there who's going to call what I just told you a toxic message. And yet it's not 
It's a life-giving message. The toxicity is in accepting things that cause pain and hurt. And I believe, by the way, the research not only backs up what I'm saying, but backs up most of all what the Bible's saying. But the biggest part of what that verse said is you cannot inherit the kingdom of God if you don't come out of that lifestyle. You will not know God's love. You will not know forgiveness of sin. You will not know your purpose. You will not experience the filling of the Holy Spirit. You will not have the joy from the Lord, the peace that's from God. You won't have. You won't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you won't go to heaven. And if I believe that, which I do, by the way, you would think if you really believe that, Chuck, you ought to shout it from the house stops. You ought to let people know, which is why this podcast is on right now. That's why I'm concerned enough to do it. Concerned enough to say what's not popular. Concerned enough to tell you the truth and have people yell it's lies, but it's not. I know it's true biblically. And I know it's true relationally. I actually know for sure it's true psychologically. It's just truth. And uh, so as the school year begins, let me tell you, I'm praying for the students. They had to sit and look at that questionnaire. As the school year begins, I'm concerned for the students. They're going to be in classes where they're faced with being hit with teachers that they probably respect, giving them a message or not giving them help when they need it. Um, I'm concerned for students who are going to be pressured by other friends or just other students who are going to try to pressure them into something deep down they don't like. But it's just hard to fight against the peer pressure. And uh, by the way, that can be overwhelming. So I'm concerned. I'm concerned because we care. I'm concerned because we love Christ and Christ loves people and we love people. So that's what our podcast was on today. And we're going to be talking about things in a world we live in we should be concerned about in the coming weeks. So I want you to know, maybe you thought, okay, I want to hear the rest of these messages. Make sure and hit subscribe. Uh, you might think, I want someone else to hear this message. Go ahead and hit share and send it to them. Uh, you may think, I really liked this. I liked you took the time to talk about this. Hit like. Some of you are going to say, I don't like anything you said, Chuck, and I'm not sure I like you. Then hit dislike. Um, but you know what is, uh, uh, if you hit dislike, by the way, you might be surprised at this, but I care that you even expressed your opinion. I actually care about you that way. And so uh, we'd love for you to do that. Also, don't forget that we have opportunities to teach you God's word about things that will matter in your life today. So on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock, we are having a, a service where we talk about how to share your faith. And many of you who are Christians need to know how to share your faith with people who are struggling with these things. So we want to help you know what to say and how to say it and, and how to answer some questions you need to answer. So come with us on Wednesday nights at 7 or on demand. And then on the weekend, we are talking about how you could be someone who has an experience with God where you actually experience miracles from God. So that happens on Sundays. So we have a lot of ways we want to interact with you. But I want to say this today. Uh, let's, let's think about what we're concerned about. And let's talk about being part of the solution. And let's go out and make a difference in the world we're in. And I hope that's what you do and I do. God bless you. And I hope you subscribe. And I catch you next time it's on.